chapter twenty nine the final chapter of overruled by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty nine for me heaven june again and as so often before the edmonds family and their friends were gathered at the old home each summer since marjorie's new home had been established they had managed to come together to this old resting place away from the weight of work and care that lay upon each marjorie maxwell in her new home had found work for others that taxed her energy and strength to their utmost sheltered as her life had been she had not known before the awful need for work as it is revealed to the city physician who toils with a constant acceptance of christ as his master mrs edmonds too had thrown her whole heart into the new service that this changed life opened before her so that their few weeks of rest had come to be looked upon as a necessity great was the joy of the young people of various connections who had fallen into the habit of coming to the country with them when dr maxwell was able to announce the date of his vacation at this particular time the house was fuller than usual as some who had not been in the habit of gathering with them were among their guests the bramlett homestead was closed and hannah was staying at hill house until other arrangements could be made thither went also mr and mrs burwell as her guests but ralph bramlett and his wife and boy were staying with mrs edmonds the house was thrown open as usual to all the influences of the summer day and the merry voices of children could be heard on the lawn but within unusual quiet reigned although it was nearing the hour when according to custom various members of the family would be gathering in the pretty back parlor that dr maxwell's young cousins called the home room it was still quite deserted the chamber doors were all closed and only a low murmur of voices could be heard within in short the whole house was pervaded by that indefinable atmosphere which marks a special day a day set apart by some great joy or sorrow from the commonalities of everyday life the story as is so frequently the case could be compressed into a single sentence and it is so often the same sentence they had but just returned the occupants of this house and their friends from a newly made grave they had left sleeping therein one of their number perhaps ralph bramlett was the only one who could be said to have been prepared for the news to the rest of them it had come as a shock from which even now they seemed unable to rally enough to fully realize that it had come immediately following the reunion of ralph bramlett's wrecked family before he had had time to consider what was best to be done next and while they were still dr maxwell's guests there had come a summons from professor maxwell since he was unable to leave at present would mr bramlett run down to him for a day or two he had some very special matters of business to talk over with him dr maxwell heard this bit of news with hearty satisfaction i knew leonard would have some scheme he said to marjorie and it is sure to be the best that could be devised i have been holding on to hear from him 
the wife and boy would better stay with us would they not until bramlett returns it was finally arranged in that way and they watched ralph depart with a sense of great comfort leonard would know just what to say to him and it was actually better to have him away for a few days to give them time to get used to the new order of things i grumbled over the idea that leonard could not get away from college to be with us when ralph should come marjorie said to her mother but see how nicely it has all been overruled and it is much better to have ralph go to him and leonard is sure to know what ought to be done next there had been some fear lest ralph bramlett would not be willing to obey the summons but he was found to be not only willing but eager to do whatever leonard maxwell might suggest on his arrival at the college town he found to his surprise that professor maxwell had not been out of his room for several days laid aside for a little while that gentleman said smiling in answer to ralph's earnest inquiries nothing new only a more marked visitation from an old friend of mine never mind me let us talk now about more important matters while there is time i am glad you came to me so promptly my friend there had followed a great deal of talk some of it of a character to almost overpower ralph bramlett during these last hard years of his life he thought he had come to know this man of god very intimately but there were revelations made in connection with those talks that sent him to his knees in almost pitiable self-humiliation and gratitude in the light of the unselfish greatness of that other life perhaps he saw his own smallness as never before between times he had many anxious thoughts about mr maxwell's state he made light of his illness as something that was so slight as not to be worthy of note yet ralph bramlett believed that he recognized increasing weakness and besought him to send for dr maxwell there came a morning when the moment he entered professor maxwell's room he recognized that there had been a change yes said the professor smiling quietly in response to ralph's look of consternation you are right i have had a night of suffering but i am much better now quite free from pain indeed i believe now that the time has come for me to tell you something i thought i should rally from this attack as i have from others and that there would be no occasion for causing my friends anxiety i believe i was mistaken my promotion is coming earlier than i had any reason to expect or hope why should you be so distressed surely my friend you can rejoice with me i thought i was perfectly willing to stay here and serve but i will confess that the thought of soon serving in his visible presence has set all my pulses to throbbing with a new strange joy it is different with me than it is with most men i have strong family ties but no duties or responsibilities and my mother for whom i meant to live is waiting for me to come to her on the other side why should i not be glad there had been much talk after that ralph at his own request being installed beside the sick man with permission to stay until the end 
mr maxwell agreed at last to having his brother and marjorie sent for but had believed that there was no occasion for startling them with a telegram a letter would reach them in twenty-four hours and there was really no immediate haste indeed the doctor had said that he might linger for several weeks but it came to pass that within twenty-four hours of the time that ralph had written at mr maxwell's dictation a letter that taxed all the writer's power of self-control he had followed it with a swifter messenger and an hour afterwards had sent another with the astounding news that mr maxwell had gone to the other country in accordance with his distinctly expressed desire they had brought his body to the town where so many of his rest hours had been spent and where his brother had a family lot their mother had died abroad the year before and been buried there beside her father and mother and the friends of her youth the first violence of the shock was over and as they lingered in their several rooms that june afternoon they talked together tenderly of their friend who was gone and of the effect that his going would have upon the living poor mamma said marjorie i think frank it is almost harder for her than it is for us because you know we have each other you cannot think how deeply attached mamma has been to leonard from the very first of their acquaintance i have always fancied that she saw in him some mysterious soul likeness to the little boy who went to heaven before i was born at least the tie between them has been peculiar and strong what a strange influence he had over people i could but think of it to-day when i saw the crowds from the factory and from the mission and noticed that there were tears on almost every face and yet this was not his home only the place where he spent his resting time such rests as he took must make very bright crowns must they not in estelle bramlett's room ralph sat by an open window which overlooked the lawn where his boy played and estelle with her head on his shoulder and her hand firmly clasped in his talked ramblingly and tenderly of that part of the past on which it would do to touch do you know ralph i used to fear and almost hate mr maxwell he is altogether too good for this world i used to say contemptuously to glide when she would try to tell me something that he had said i told her that i did not believe in such perfect men that they were nearly always hypocrites but oh ralph i came to know him in a way that i have not been able as yet to tell you about i have some letters to show you written during that dreadful time i cannot tell you what they were to me they seemed almost like the voice of god i can imagine he said tremulously i had letters too and talks and deeds he added with a peculiar emphasis after a moment's silence something that i have not yet told you estelle we will go over it by and by after the boy is asleep we must go down to him soon when you know all you will understand even more than you now do what we owe to him we must see to it my wife that our lives are after this what he planned they should be else i can almost conceive of his being disappointed even in heaven 
i am sorry for so many people estelle began again breaking the tender silence did you notice the crowds from the factory poor jack taylor the tears just rolled down his face and that bill sieber was almost as much affected then there is poor hannah oh ralph do you suppose hill house will have to be given up or did he make some provision for it i almost feel as though it would break hannah's heart if her work there could not go on i do not certainly know said her husband but i do not believe mr maxwell forgot hill house i think he thought of everything and everybody poor hannah at that moment she was shut and bolted into the utmost privacy of the neat little room that she occupied at hill house and was on her knees trying to get strength to look her future in the face and take in the probabilities of the life that stretched before her the old home gone hill house gone for mr maxwell had died suddenly and probably did not even remember that the lease would expire in another month ralph had his wife and boy everybody had ties and plans and hopes save herself this one friend of hers with whom god had let her work for a few precious years gone like the rest what should she do to earn her living what would the poor girls do whose faithful friend and helper she had been during these years prosaic thoughts yes some of them hannah had reached the years when she knew she must meet and face the common realities of life she did not touch even with her thoughts that other deeper wound she had given that part of her life entirely to god meantime locked also into the privacy of her own room sat mrs edmonds an open letter in her hand the tears quietly following each other down her face ralph bramlett had handed the letter to her as soon as he arrived it was sealed and bore beside her name this direction to be read in some quiet hour after my body has been laid to rest thus it read my very dear friend a precious bit of knowledge has come to me within the last few hours it is that i am quite soon to be permitted to go home to the home toward which i have been so long turning my thoughts i had planned for a vacation with you all as usual but instead i am to need no vacation and am to enter upon my work for eternity isn't that a wonderful thought i think i need hardly attempt to tell you how glad i am i have been at peace in my work here and interested in it all but well how can i be expected to tell you what it feels like to think of being there meantime there are some matters to set in order before i go at least i think i have them arranged and would like to tell you about them in detail that you may be able to advise intelligently without waiting for the regular processes of law it is known to you i believe that i have been entrusted with an important stewardship and it is perhaps a peculiar fact that i have not a relative in the world who seems likely to need a penny of it for himself there are not many of our family left on this side you know well i have told ralph bramlett that i think he ought to carry out the desires and hopes of his early years and become a law student 
and i told him that i had arranged matters so that he could care for his family and do so i hope my friend you will think i have done right i have left him twenty thousand dollars not as i once heard a censorious person say in a similar case as a premium on dishonesty but because i believe him to be the lord's freed man and when the lord puts a man's past behind his back what are we who shall lay anything to the charge of god's elect i have one deep regret had i tried to help him earlier much that is past might not have been yet god in his mercy has overruled all our mistakes about hill house my heart is very much in that enterprise i believe that our friend hannah has a work before her there whereat the angels rejoice now and over which we may have joy together through the ages therefore after a few gifts have been made to kind friends and a few tokens offered as memorials to some who have been more than friends to me i have left the remainder of my property amounting i believe to something more than seventy five thousand dollars in trust to hannah bramlett to be used according to the plan of which she and i have often talked there are trustees of course and advisers i have taken the liberty of naming you as one and my brother frank and his wife and others whom you can trust i think it has been all arranged in correct business form it is by no means a hasty step for although my summons has come earlier than i had expected it is proper that you should know that i have for a year or two been aware that my life was strung on a very uncertain thread i have been able to do with my means just what i desired to do to you my dear friend i must say one thing more a word that will not be spoken elsewhere my joy in doing this is i hope and believe first because it is the master's thought what he would have me do in his name but secondly stands the conviction that i am doing what my sister marjorie would do if she could and what she will be grateful to me for doing it is too late for me to hide if i would that she has been the human mainspring of my life my one love how strange it all seemed to us years ago to you and me that our plans should miscarry as they did and yet cannot you see to-day the overruling hand for her not early widowhood but a strong true heart to lean upon through the long happy years i trust and for me heaven one more favor i ask of you my dear friend i do not suppose it is in the least necessary yet i will mention it let my carefully guarded secret be buried with me do not for any possible reason shadow marjorie's life by the knowledge of what she has been to me i know her so well that i am sure it would cast a shadow for a time she would immediately begin to accuse herself to mourn over some things that she might or might not have done and i love her so well that i would have no shadow touch her life save those of the master's sending there is much more that i would like to say but my strength is failing i can only wait to add an earnest good-bye for your own dear self when you read this i shall have been for some days as we count time at home 
i remember with pleasure while i write that the years are falling fast upon you and that it may soon be my privilege to welcome you until then dear trusted friend good-bye leonard maxwell are we to see the letter mamma marjorie asked a few days afterwards when they had been talking over that and other matters connected with their loss no dear said mrs edmonds brushing away a quiet tear there is a bit of privacy connected with it for my eyes alone you know i had to be his mother after she went away poor leonard said marjorie with a little sigh i always knew there was a lost chord in his life i hope he has found it now end of chapter twenty nine end of overruled by pansy recording by tricia g thanks for listening